Hello out there. This is Shana Harvey. I am your hostess of Seeking First, a faith and finance podcast. Uh, Today, we're just going to do an introductory episode. I'm going to let you know a little bit about who I am, uh, what I do, and why I'm doing this podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Okay, welcome back. Um, Thanks again for joining me. Again, I'm Shana Harvey, um, the president of Insight Total Stewardship, a faith uh, and financial firm. Uh, I do financial planning and investment management um, for individuals and corporations. And I do it from a faith perspective. And that doesn't mean that I'm out trying to save people. It just means that the foundation for the advice that I give and uh, the things that I recommend uh, happen to be rooted in my own faith uh, and quite often the faith of those that I serve. So I try to make the plans that I create um, consistent with the values of my clients. Um, and I'm upfront about my own values. Um, that doesn't mean that all of my clients are Christian because they are not actually. I have uh, some clients who are not Christian at all, but they do appreciate a values-based financial plan. And uh, that is something that I I offer to people. So uh, while I am a Christian and come from a faith perspective, um, I also want to be consistent with um, whoever chooses to engage me um, as their advisor with what they believe and how they want to handle their finances, um, while also not shying away from Um, what roots me and um, the advice that I give. And one of the passages of scripture that is um, foundational to uh, what I believe is true about how we handle money comes from Matthew 6, um, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, where Jesus is talking to his disciples about um, how to worship God and not worship money. Um, And I want to read... This text is about 10 verses here. Uh, Matthew 6, uh, 24 to 34 is where I'm coming from. If you want to follow along or grab a Bible, uh, I'm going to read these verses because this is actually the foundation for this particular podcast. This is why I'm recording. This is um, what I want to examine. I'll be doing this uh, both myself and also with conversation partners who are going to join me. Uh, for various parts of scripture um, and and talking about this. But this is the foundation, seeking first the kingdom. Um, So let's read together here. Um, Matthew 6, 24 to 34. And I'm going to be reading from the uh, English Standard Version. Um, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, 
nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. May the Lord bless his word. Okay, so what's happening in this scripture? Well, a little bit of of context for what's going on here. Um, This is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Um, So he's giving this sermon, and it's the the same sermon where... um, He's talking about, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, all of the Beatitudes, as they're known. Um, And giving a lot of instruction on some really practical things in life. He talks about um, divorce. He talks about lust. He talks about how we should handle money. He talks about um, how to pray. Um, he talks about, you know, loving your enemies. He talks about retaliation um, and how not to do that. He talks about not judging people. He talks about, you know, how it, how you're supposed to fast. So he's given a lot of um, advice or, or really, I wouldn't say advice because that's way too, too light. Um, but what he's really giving is um, the standard for what it means to enter the kingdom of God and to live that out. Um, So he's talking about, you know, uh, comparing the righteousness of the religious people um, who thought that they had everything together and they were doing everything right with what his requirements are if you're entering into what he came to usher in, which is the kingdom of God. Um, So he's setting the standard for what it means to be a follower of him. And if you want to enter the kingdom, then your righteousness has to exceed that of um, the Pharisees, as they were called, the religious people of that day. So he's um, teaching them how to pray. He's teaching them how to love their enemies. He's teaching them how they should uh, think about money. He's teaching them how they should, um, you know, look at other people and, and not to judge them. He's teaching them how to fast and what it really means to fast, that it's really about the condition of your heart and not um, just giving up some food. Um, he's talking to them about, you know, the new standard of lust, that even if you just look at someone um, lustfully, that um, you're guilty of it. And he's setting this not so much to 
um, give them a list of rules that they need to follow uh, and, you know, check marks like, okay, did I do this? Check. Did I do that? Check. Um, he's showing them um, what the law really means, the spirit of the law, not just the letter of the law, because the Pharisees and those who um, were religious uh, leaders at the time were already following the letter of the law. They were trying to do everything right. He's talking about the spirit of the law, which is much harder to keep. Um, and if you violate both the letter and the spirit of the law, or if you violate just the spirit of the law, uh, then you're guilty of sin. Um, and because who hasn't looked at someone with some level of uh, lust uh, at some point in your life, uh, that would make you guilty. Even if you never acted on that, it would make you guilty. Um, you know, who hasn't uh, elevated money above their uh, their life at some point in time? Um, you know, who hasn't prayed um, selfishly at some point in time? Who's loved their enemies? Uh, he's saying basically uh, the spirit of the law is so much bigger and so much deeper than uh, what anybody could ever keep. And that's why he came. He came to free us from the burden of trying to keep all of these rules, um, knowing that even in our trying to keep them, we're going to fail. And he's saying that here's, here's what I'm going to help you do. I'm going to be what gonna, is going to release you um, from you trying to keep all of these yourself. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you my spirit, put that in you to not only keep the letter of the law, but also to keep the spirit of the law. Because God's spirit is the one who gave us the law in the first place. He, he's the one that told us, you know, we shouldn't kill people or uh, we shouldn't um, commit adultery. We should love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. He gave us the Ten Commandments. It's God's spirit that has done all of that. So um, he's, he's saying that it, you're going to need my spirit to do this. Um, and that includes how we handle money and how we uh, think about the possessions and material things of this world. We're going to need the spirit of God to really um, do things God's way because it's not going to be intuitive for us because intuitively we're probably going to sin. Uh, we're going to get anxious about it. We're either going to, uh, you know, overly think about money or uh, not think about it enough. Uh, we, we really do need some help when it comes to these things. So don't look at, you know, what I'm talking about in this particular podcast um, as just a check mark for you to look and say, okay, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. No, this is really uh, looking at how much we actually need God to, to keep this law. And, and I want to talk about the tension of faith and finance, because it is hard to truly uh, manage your money well, especially in our American economy that uh, worships money um, and tells people to use that as the, the, yardstick for measuring success and um, using it as uh, a way to, to get power, um, using it as kind of your foundation on this earth um, of why you live, of how you live, and to seek after it at all costs, to get as much of it as you possibly can, um, and to make that the focus of your life. In, in this type of culture, um, it is hard to uh, really seek God, uh, because even if you think you're doing it well, um, according to God's standard, we're probably still not. 
Um, and this is an acknowledgement of our need for the Spirit of God. This is not um, a, a checklist and, you know, a, a way for you to pat yourself on the back thinking that you, you got this down. You don't need to learn anything else. This is um, how do we keep first things first and to seek after God above all things um, and to not allow money or the pursuit of possessions to creep into our lives and to cause us um, to drift away from what should be our main focus, which is to worship um, a good God. So I want to get into a little bit about um, the tension in the scripture, um, because in, in this particular scripture that I read in Matthew 6, 24 to 34, um, is really talking about the anxiety pertaining to money and possessions. Um, he's talking about not being able to serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. The two... The two don't mix, basically. So you can't um, be all about getting money and, you know, making that the, the foundation of your life. And at the same time, say that you worship God because you can't. You can't do that. The two don't uh, agree. And it's not there's always going to be a time where one of those masters is going to ask you to do something that's going to go in direct opposition to the other. And so God might ask something of you that's going to, um, you know, get at you serving money. Uh, might ask you to, to quit your job. He might ask you to give at a level that you didn't think um, you could give. He might ask you to um, let go of, um, you know, seeking after a, a better paying job in favor of something that, that serves. He might ask you to move uh, to a place that you didn't think you, you would ever go. We might ask you to, to serve in a way that's going to cause your money to, to get a little funny. So, um, and money might ask you to do some things that are against God. You know, money might ask you to, um, to spend all day and night working and slaving for it and spending no time with God whatsoever. It might ask you to, um, you know, purchase things that are going to get you into a, a difficult financial position. Um, money might ask you to, to do things that uh, would go against God's word. Um, and so there's going to be a time if you're serving money where you're going to have to make a choice with which direction you're going to go. Are you going to keep serving money or are you going to obey um, your heavenly master, um, God, above that? Um, so Jesus is really setting the, the stage for forcing this tension to come to the surface and just putting it out there. Like you, you just can't do it. It's not going to happen. Um, so just basically get ready and don't worry about, um, you know, all the things that basically money can buy. Here's talking about clothing and, uh, food and, um, you know, the things that we need, um, to live it's saying, don't be, uh, anxious about these things. And that's, that's really the crux of this um, text. It's the anxiety surrounding it. It's not that we don't or shouldn't um, think about our money or plan our money well. We're also called to be good stewards of our money. So we have to um, hold this intention because there's also a point in time where we can be overly anxious about things, where we can um, get to a place where um, we are, you know, thinking about money all the time, where whether we have it or we don't, this is actually not um, 
discriminating against people who have money or people who don't have money. Um, if you have money, you can be overly anxious about it. And if you don't have money, you can be overly anxious about it. We want to spend some time uh, in this episode in particular talking about that level of anxiety, what it means to be anxious about it, and how do we identify this? If God is pointing this out to you in your life, um, how do you look at uh, your money and the anxiety surrounding it? So uh, let's talk a little bit about what it means to be anxious about money. So I wanted to get an actual definition for what it means to be anxious. Um, and so I went to psychology today to get a, um, their definition of anxiety. Um, and they say that anxiety or extreme apprehension and worry is a normal reaction to stressful situations. In some cases, however, worry becomes excessive or chronic and can cause sufferers to dread everyday situations. Um, and anxiety is exaggerated by worries and expectations of negative outcomes in unknown situations. Um, so typically, you're going to get anxious when you don't know what's going to happen. Um, it's going to cause the excessive um, or chronic worry. Because uh, I think it's normal for us to worry about the unknown. Uh, if, it, if it wasn't uh, normal, I think Jesus wouldn't have, have said it. He had to tell us not to worry uh, or what not to worry about um, because he knows that these things are going to cause us to excessively worry. And what stuck out to me in um, psychology today in, in reading this uh, description of anxiety was um, extreme apprehension and worry. Um, because the extreme apprehension part, uh, where you, you're actually afraid to take a step or you're afraid to do something was what stuck out for me. Cause I know that in, in worrying about things and worry about life in general, sometimes it can cause us to be paralyzed by that fear, um, paralyzed by that worry. And even in our finances, some people's, uh, anxiety about money shows up in doing nothing. Being so anxious, being so paralyzed by fear that they just do nothing. And that is also anxiety. It's not just, you know, excessively talking about it or um, the other extreme, which would be people who put too much time and effort into it, where all day, every day, they're just thinking about money. They're checking their bank account all the time. They're checking their investments all the time. They're, you know, calculating this and calculating that. Um, that's the other um, side of things where your your focus um, is, is actually distracted from normal life or everyday situations because you don't know what's going to happen. And now you're just excessive in how you respond to it. Um, both extremes are uh, a caution here um, that, that Jesus is giving us. Don't be anxious. Don't be so paralyzed by fear when it comes to managing your money or serving your money, or, or I shouldn't say serving your money, but um, paralyzed by the fear of what your money will or will not do uh, for you or, or that you can do with it. Um, nor should you be so anxious about it that you can't stop thinking about it, that it's always going to cause you worry and stress and um, 
you know, feeling anxious about it. And they talked about um, some symptoms of anxiety. So how do you know that you're suffering from anxiety? And I want to tie this to um, our financial life. Because um, those who suffer from prolonged anxiety, and I don't mean moments here. I mean, because all of us have the moments of anxiety, but how we rebound from these moments matters. If those moments start to become hours and days and weeks and years and a state of your existence, then you are now um, suffering from way too much anxiety about your financial life. Uh, excessive worry about health, money, family, work, or school performance, even when there's no sign of trouble. Now, this one stuck out to me, this uh, symptom of anxiety, because I know and I've worked with people as clients who uh, are perfectly fine financially, where they, they're on track to meet all of their goals. They have you know, the right amount of, of, of emergency money. They're, uh, plan, they plan as, uh, effectively for retirement. They have the right amount of insurance. They are, are making good money. They have even sometimes uh, passive income, um, but they are excessively worried. There's no sign of trouble. There's no uh, worry to be had. So they create it almost like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. So I, I need to do this or I need to do that. And I need to excessively worry. And, you know, I, I pray for, for those uh, individuals who, who are that way. Um, and try to help them to get to a place of um, not being anxious about it and pointing out, especially if they are a believer and I know that they're a believer, then I will, I'll call that out um, and say, hey, listen, um, you're, you're now crossing over into the worship category when it comes to money. You now uh, feel like you have to have this in order to be okay. And it's not true. Um, you have God and God is going to take care of you. Um, you belong to him. If you really believe you belong to him, you're going to have to let this go. Um, you're going to have to not excessively worry. There is no sign of trouble right now. Um, you know, let's let's calm down <laughs> a little bit. Uh, the second symptom here says irrational expectations of the worst outcome in many situations. You ever know somebody who just make up some stuff uh, who like nothing's actually happening, but um, they just make up some drama Um and they just imagine the worst outcome. Like, well, what if uh, this happens? Or, or you don't know what's going to happen. You're right. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't. I can't predict the future. Um, but I do know that what we have is right now. And and just like Jesus said, uh, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Um, tomorrow, sufficient for the day, is its own trouble. Uh, you got enough trouble going on today. Don't make up some stuff about what's going to happen tomorrow. Chill. Uh, the inability to relax. <laughs> irritability. Uh, people get irritable uh, when their money is out of whack, you know. Uh, insomnia. You can't sleep. Um, tiredness. Uh, you worry yourself. You ever worry yourself about something so much that you make yourself tired? Where you haven't done any physical activity, but in your mind, you can't get your mind to relax. You can't get your mind to just, uh, you know, take a break for a second. Um, you know, you're, you're in a financial situation where you are really just in over your head and you're just, you worry yourself to, to tiredness, um, headaches, muscle tension. Uh, sometimes, you know, in dealing with 
um, financial stress, you can feel it in your body physically. You know, your, your shoulders get tight, your back can get tight, your stomach start hurting, uh, difficulty swallowing, uh, trembling or twitching, uh, frequent urination. You got to go to the bathroom all the time. Um, these are some of the signs of anxiety. And, you know, just in for my own um, life, I, I've had some of these um, stresses and anxiety. We went through a situation a few years back um, where we owned some uh, rental property. By we, I mean me and my husband, who will actually be on uh, the next episode here. Um, but we um, had um, tenants who weren't paying their rent. We own a couple uh, investment properties, and we had just gotten married, and it was like all at once. Um, three of our tenants decided that they just didn't want to pay <laughs> for various reasons, I guess. But I've never had that happen all at the same time. And um, it caused me a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety. And um, going through that situation, I suffer from a lot of these symptoms here. I was being anxious and it took a lot for me to get to a place where I could, um, you know, meditate on this scripture. And I watched God get us out of that situation. Um, and we just had to trust him. We had to keep going. We couldn't ignore it. We had to um, address it. So we couldn't let the anxiety about dealing with, you know, how we were going to pay three mortgages um, on these rental properties, how we were going to afford to evict the tenants because it costs money um, to go to court and evict them. Uh, each time that you have to do it, how we were going to pay to get the places ready to get a, a, a rent paying tenant into them. Uh, all of those things. And we went through this for about six months um, and we had to keep talking to each other uh, and encouraging each other to just keep going. Like it was a tough situation. And here we are, a new couple. Um, and we're adding this stress uh, to our lives financially. And uh, but it was really eye-opening, and God showed us in that time that he really did have us, that we were going to be just fine, that we had to keep an even uh, keel when it comes to our faith and our, our trust in him and our dependency on him. Um, you know, it wasn't anything but him to to get us out of that situation. We really had to to stand on faith and um, to to really hunker down uh, from a faith perspective and get to a place where we could uh, continue to, to trust God. And he really did. He really turned uh, all of that around and uh, made this scripture come to life for us. But I had these things. I, I remember a night where I couldn't sleep and I'm not the type of person that can't sleep. Um, so when I can't, I'm really upset. And I remember having to get up and I, you know, went into another room and I just started playing uh, some praise and worship music. I remember it was a Brooklyn Tabernacle song I kept playing over and over again. Um, and just to calm myself down and to, to get to a place where um, I could actually go to sleep. But it was hours. Um, I was definitely irritable. Uh, <laughs> um, I had muscle tension. My shoulders would uh, kind of, you know, tense up. Um and I couldn't relax. Um, and I just, just keep getting back to this text and getting back to the scripture and trusting God to get us through it and and relying on my faith um, to, to work through that. Um, 
so yeah, I, I, I know what these um, times look like, but I also know what it looks like on the other end. I know why he says, don't worry about it. Like you belong to me. You're going to be fine. Um, we have to really believe that at times. We got to really believe that with all of our heart. Um, and and it's not that um, financial situations just stopped becoming stressful. We still had even more financial situations after that. But the way that we dealt with them was completely different. Um, we learned how to deal with that as a couple um, and to encourage one another and to remind each other when things come up again. Remember that time when, you know, in 2015, 2016, where things were just crazy? Uh, remember our guy got us through that? Um, you know, we'll, we'll be all right. Like, we're going to be fine. Um, and our, our time frame shortened now. So, you know, how long we stay in the state of anxiety shortened. Um, and that is what I think we, um, is God is calling us to do. Uh, it's not that these things won't happen. It's just that we can shorten the time frame of how long these symptoms manifest. Um, and that, I think, is a gift um, of our faith, something that we can do to um, know that uh, it doesn't have to, we don't have to stay in that condition. Um, and we can move on from it. Like it can come and it's perfectly normal for it to come, but how we deal with it matters. And keep encouraging yourself um, in the scripture. Keep encouraging yourself that God is going to take care of you. Yes, it might be really, really difficult right now, um, but um, you belong to him. He is a good, good father. Um, Jesus said in this text, um, he knows that you have need of all of these things. Don't worry about it. He knows that you need a place to live. He knows that you need clothes. And though it might take a while for these things to come, um, trust him. Don't try to take matters into your own hands prematurely. Trust him. Be obedient to whatever it is, however it is that he's leading you. And it doesn't mean do nothing at all. It means pray. Seek him first. Seek his righteousness first, knowing that we are not made righteous on our own, that we can't. We can't be made righteous on our own. We need the spirit of God um, to, to really serve God and to, to live this out because you can't actually follow these commandments in the spirit of what is intended because it's hard. It's hard to do this. It's hard to not get anxious about money when money controls so much of our life. It's hard um, not to be worried about what tomorrow is going to hurt. It is hard. We need the spirit of God to do that. And he's saying that he's available um, if we would believe him and if we would trust him. <clears throat> One of the um, causes of anxiety is early life memories, uh, especially traumatic memories. And sometimes the anxiety comes up because we are afraid of repeating something that we've already experienced. Uh, I know for a fact that people I work with um, you know, are trying to avoid things that they either experienced growing up or things that they've experienced as an adult. Like, I don't want to go through that again. And so whenever it looks remotely like this may happen again, they start to get anxious. And then they start making bad decisions. Because, you know, when the anxiety kicks in, you're no longer thinking rationally. You are pure emotion at that point. Um, you have to, because uh, you're, you're functioning from an emotional memory. Um, and so, you know, if you've been poor before and, you know, the threat 
of you not having money starts to to rise, you're going to be tempted to seek after money. You're not going to be tempted to seek after God in the same way. You're going to have to choose to seek after God. But the the temptation is going to come for you to seek after money because you don't want to be poor again. And you did it before. If you've been homeless before or you've you know been through foreclosure or anything like that, when anything remotely close to that starts to come, um, you know, in your in your life uh, or circumstances seem like they're headed that way and you don't know how it's going to end. You're going to be tempted to seek after money. You're going to be tempted to to not seek God. And this scripture is there to remind us that even in those moments where those emotional memories start to come back and uh, from other traumatic experiences that you have, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen. And even if it does, you got through it. He got you through it. So you can rest assured that even if it comes up again, he's going to get you through it again. You belong to him. And we are being asked or told and commanded uh, by Jesus, uh, not to, to worry about these things, um, not to let the past uh, fear or trauma uh, affect your faith today. Um, tomorrow will take care of itself. Um, and so this is what I want to encourage you with. And this is what I want to um, talk to uh, all of you about um, through this podcast is um, how do we not become anxious about this. And that's going to manifest in a lot of different ways. Sometimes we need to learn more about money and how it works to to decrease some of the anxiety. Sometimes we need to get some help and some support um, and get some accountability partners or hire a financial advisor or uh, which is, of course, my bias. But (laughs) you can also, you know, just talking about some of this stuff um, can help you uh, decrease the anxiety, acknowledging that you have it is important. Um, And acknowledging when it's occurring is important. So if in fact, um, you are suffering from some level of anxiety in your life, when it comes to finances, when it comes to managing money and the cares of this world, um, this scripture is for you. This podcast is for you. Um, So again, uh, I want to remind us and encourage us that this is um, something that we can all suffer with at some point in time. Um, but there is hope. There is uh, already prepared for us a way to handle this. And we're going to go through some of those ways in this podcast. I'm going to ha- be joined by some additional experts. Um, uh, the, we're going to go through different series. Um, our first series is going to be called The Kingdom, um, because if we're asked and being asked to seek the kingdom, we should know what the kingdom is and what it looks like. Um, seek that. Um, well, let's make sure we know what that is. Let's make sure we know what the kingdom is. So I'm going to be joined by uh, some ministers and some pastors um, to talk about the kingdom of God. Um, we're going to also do a series uh, called The Struggle is Real and talk about uh, some of the realities of money uh, and why it's hard. And um what it looks like, particularly for people of color, um, because the struggle is real. We do have some some things stacked against us. So let's let's talk about what that looks like in the context of also being faithful. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, couples therapy. Um, you know, what does money look like as a couple, um, and how do you manage that um, faithfully together? 
uh, whether you're married or you want to be married at some point, um, we're going to have uh, some information for you when it comes to those things. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, um, you know, how to spiritually deal with this, the warfare aspect of things, because uh, we are in a battle. And so let's talk about some of the weapons of our warfare um, here with uh, dealing in our finances. So um, hope you continue to listen. Thank you for your time today. I look forward to engaging uh, in more conversation um, with you. And uh, let's uh, conquer this beast together. Um, thank you again for your time. Hope to hear you back again.